welcome. Welcome, everyone. This is Dave Robinson with the Montrose Group, and I've got my uh, partner in crime here, Nate Green, and we've got the great uh, Michael Stevens, who's the Director of Development for the City of Columbus, Ohio. Good um, afternoon, great and loyal listeners to the Development Debate Or content, as we like podcast. to say, at least our loyal listener. We hope he's yes, our still one. listening. He's still listening. We hope he is. So uh, again, um, really a great opportunity here to talk to Mike, who's, uh, you know, been a friend for a long time and has got the job of directing the economic development effort in in really a kind of an amazingly fastly growing city in the Midwest. Hey Dave, just I don't want to interrupt you too much, although I do it all the time. Just, you know, Mike doesn't just direct the economic development effort. Okay. He directs all the development efforts for the fastest growing city in the Midwest. Okay. Absolutely. Nate, I hate to say you're right, you know, because it, it just goes against my instinct to ever say you're right. <laughs> But you're actually right. Uh, he he does get to develop, uh, get to promote all the development in the city, um, and run his department. The growth in the region's been incredible. Uh, census data is just uh, uh, kind of amazing. From 2010 to 2020, the city of Columbus itself has added uh, 118,000 people. Um, there was an interesting data point that, that I just saw this morning that the Columbus region, even the greater region, um, in the past 10 years has added 239,000 people, and the, the entire rest of the state of Ohio has only added 23,000. So that's if incredible. That, if that just gives you some perspective that the growth that's out there, and, and Columbus, uh, again, for folks um, not from, uh, necessarily from Ohio, Columbus has 905,000 people in it. And that, that is basically, if you added up the city of Cleveland, the city of Cincinnati and the city of Toledo, which are the next three largest cities, um, they don't, they don't get to that size. They get, you know, pretty close to it. But so Columbus is really, um, you know, larger than the next three largest cities in, in the state. So it has been, um, a high growth market. It's been a, I guess what I would call kind of a post-World War II, um, you know, growth market. Uh, you know, at one point in my career, I, uh, I worked for the mayor of Columbus and it's, um, he would always point out to how Lansing and Columbus were the same size in 1950 and they are not now. Uh, mm -hmm. So again, it's, it's just been really a magnet uh, in the Midwest uh, driven by um, you know, really a lot of reasons. And we're going to, we're going to talk about some of those, but it is a um, very highly educated market. Uh, you know, well over 30% of the city of Columbus has a four-year bachelor's degree. It has uh, a very large concentration of college students. So it's uh, kind of a little bit has the forever young, um, you know, economic pattern and, and just has been a place where people have, and I think a place that's open to people coming to, to, to work and, um, uh, you know, go to school and, and live. And it's been, um, you know, just kind of a great Midwest uh, economic success stories. And, and we see it from a site selection standpoint as a market that um, is on, is on um, uh, you know, on a peer relationship with, with companies looking at that, that growing mid-sized urban market, whether it's Columbus or Indianapolis or Charlotte or Nashville, um, Kansas City. Uh, there's probably a dozen or so of these cities, Tampa, that um, have just had a lot of success. 
have a large base of employees, um, but quite frankly, can be managed, uh, whether it's from a traffic standpoint or development standpoint, much better than the larger city. So we are, uh, we're obviously bullish on uh, the Columbus market, and we are really excited to have, um, you know, Mike on, uh, Mike on the show. So Michael, welcome. Oh, so you want me to talk? I thought it was just this podcast is me listening to the two of you guys talk. So it's great. Well, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, Mike, that would, I mean, Dave, that intro was, it was something special. Dude, so, if you, you know, don't, I, if you don't speak up, you know, the two of us, you're never going to get a chance to talk. You know what, Mike, let, let's, let's, I'll tell you what, let me start with the question. So Dave doesn't just, you know, keep talking about. Oh, hold on. Things. Uh, before you do that, let me, before the, the podcast ends, we're out of time. Let me thank the two of you for inviting me here today. You know, ever since I read Dave's book about economic development from a state and local perspective, I really, having the opportunity just to converse with you guys, it, it's, it's a career highlight. So thank you. And uh, Nate, go ahead, jump into your question. You know, you know, oh, Nate, was... this, is, this is the downside of having friends on here. Mike Stevens hasn't turned page one in that textbook. All right. Let, let's just <laughs> hey, get that. Let's just get that on the record. That. Not you page one. He, it's not even in his office. Now I feel like I have to drop a copy off just so he, he technically has it. So if anyone asks, but, but Michael, thank you. Thank you for that. For the record, as your business partner, I haven't turned page one either. Okay. Uh, so let's right. just, well, right. I, I did offer a quote for the, the book jacket for the back that said, <laughs> and the quote is, I have not read it, but I heard it's fantastic. <laughs> what question do you have, Nate? And, 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 <laughs> well, you know, Mike, let's, let's just, let's get into our questions here. Um, get into the discussion. Uh, you know, the, the, the growth has been tremendous. We've seen a lot of growth throughout the city. We've seen a lot of areas uh, in Columbus that have experienced tremendous growth, the short North, the arena district, Franklinton. But, you know, we know that there are other areas that you're very focused on. Um, Linden, Milo Grogan, the South side, the Hilltop. Um, you know, I guess the, the first question, I know this is something that you're, you're definitely uh, uh, it's near and dear to you. I know that I know that you're it's near and dear to the mayor um, is kind of with that push and pull of growth, you know, in some areas. And, you know, we still have some poverty in other areas. How do we how do we try to address uh, or, or help affordable housing uh, in those areas and in in the growing area as well? What, what's the city doing to, to really try to push that and, and, and address those areas? Yeah, I think that's a number one concern um, that we're facing, you know, that we, a challenge that we look to every day in the development department. Uh, and the mayor's made it clear that as, as we're experiencing tremendous growth in Columbus, but it needs to be, um, it's dynamic growth now, but it needs to be inclusive as well. And, and housing kind of weaves through all our development efforts, right? If, if we want to continue to have the success of attracting jobs and investment that we've had over the last 10 years, we need to not only have that talent pipeline workforce, but they need a place to live and a, and a place and place that's affordable. Um, one of our challenges in Columbus, and, and Dave, I, I think you did a really nice job summarizing some of the significant growth and success and um, that we've had as a community and not, not just the city of Columbus, but our private sector, our community, our not-for-profit entities, a lot of work coming together that has separated Columbus. Um, but one of those challenges is how do we make sure that you can live anywhere in the city and at, at, at a, at within your 
means, your income means. And right. so we've been faced with, you know, I think next to Austin, uh, after Austin, we're, we're the most economically segregated um, city in America. And that's a real challenge. And the mayor talks about, you know, how do we provide opportunities for everyone to have upward mobility and, and benefit from the, um, the success we've had. Uh, another thing I'll point out, Dave, you shared some great stats on our demographics. Uh, we're the only city in the Med Midwest to grow by more than 100,000 residents. Uh, that's I mean, incredible. That's, we're not only leading in Ohio, we're, we're leading the Midwest. Um, that's incredible. I mean, that's, a lot, that's, that's, that's amazing, Mike, just to think all the cities. I mean, Dave mentioned a lot of them. That's to think that we are, we're growing that, that much. I mean, that really is incredible. I think it's a testament to all the things that have been going on here. And, and unfortunately, our uh, housing, residential housing units, that growth hasn't kept up. Uh, so yeah. we have... Um, we have a couple of different issues around housing. We just, we, we don't have enough product being built out. Um, because of that, there's those pressures on existing uh, housing and uh, whether it's single family homes or, or apartments um, because the, the demands obviously is outpacing uh, the supply and that, and that, pre that puts pressure, upward pressure on costs. Um, so as we work on how do we, make more investments in housing that's affordable for all our residents. We're also looking at what can we do to attract those jobs mm -hmm. that are, are, are paying more, right? Because mm -hmm. if, if you, not only do we need to make sure we have housing that we can, that people who are making, let's say, you know, 100% AMI, 80% AMI, you know, that right around, like say a family of four making around $80,000, we don't want them paying more than 30% of their income on housing. So we need to make sure there's more housing being built and we need to make sure we're bringing in higher paying jobs so the income's higher, right? So that 30% yep. number is a larger number. So the, the, that's a, I'm, I think I'm meandering a little bit on my response because there's so much around the housing piece, but it, the biggest piece is how do we make sure uh, we're getting the, the, the proper investment around all our communities that's affordable well, for at all different levels. Well, Mike, do you, yeah, do you, think, Mike, do you it, think that answer is um, solution, I guess, is the better term, you know, start to get more involved in the market, you know, by saying, hey, how do we help help from a site standpoint? Um, you know, the housing issue exists everywhere. Uh, in Columbus, it's trying to keep up with the fast growth. You look at a rural market, uh, it's any housing. You know, a rural market is literally you know, we, we have next to no housing being developed and how do we keep our young people? So housing is really a big, um, you know, a major economic development issue. In a, in a fast growing city like Columbus, do you, do you think the answer becomes doing new things? Is it, I, I know there's been a lot of work around the incentive programs and trying to, trying to tie that and that's obviously, uh, you know, a piece of it, but what, what's kind of new and different that you're really, you know, that you're thinking about that would help you know, help kind of solve that challenge? Uh, so the, the, the short answer is yes, we need to get outside the box and be more innovative in our approach on addressing housing shortages concerns. So there's a couple of different ways where things we're doing now and things that we hope to do going forward. Now, um, the mayor asked, uh, Mayor Ginther asked Columbus residents back in 2019 for um, a bonding authority for around affordable housing of up to $50 million. So the authority doesn't mean we're, and, and the voters approve that overwhelmingly. 
Authority doesn't mean we were going to get $50 million because of that. It means when we do our bond sales and run our annual capital budget, we, if we have the capacity, we have the ability to sell bonds that can be used for affordable housing projects. Last year, we, we sold approximately, uh, of the total bond package, approximately $14 million of that was for affordable housing projects. And we're using close to, um, I'd say just under 10 million to go into existing affordable housing, low income, low income tax credit deals, whether it's the 4% low income tax credit deals, um, we're part of that capital stack. So we're putting, you know, in some cases, a million dollars into an, you know, an overall uh, $12 million project. So we're leveraging our dollars into a, a bigger project to make it happen. So we, I think of that 10 million, we've identified about $50 million in uh, projects that we're leveraging and, 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 and making those projects happen, right? So without those dollars, and closing that gap, those projects wouldn't happen, which is gonna result in about 400 um, affordable units. Yeah. The, the other thing we need to do, Dave, is, and, and we've done this some, I think um, it, it's a tool, but we need to be more aggressive. I think Sayota Peninsula is a great example where the city's acquired the land, assembled the land and worked with our development partner and, and um, Columbus Downtown Development Corporation or CDDC We've worked with them as they've then worked to bring developers in to put office, residential, hotel there. Uh, and, and we've been able to use, leverage our ownership of that land to, uh, to, to get, get the right partnership and, and, and have an affordability component of that housing. So the great thing about the, the Scioto Peninsula project is we've got a great housing partner in Flaherty and Collins. Uh, mm -hmm. they're, doing, they're doing a great product, uh, but, but there's going to be an affordability component where they're, you know, they're going to, income qualify some of the residents at a 80 to 100 percent AMI level. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's building a mixed income neighborhood, which really, if, if we're going to, I think, succeed going forward as a community, having those mixed income neighborhoods and not and not having that economic segregation is really important. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also think, um, you know, what 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 you're doing and what the the county and, and CODA is doing around the, the whole transit strategy and, and trying to promote, you know, greater density around developments is also important. Um, Columbus, like every other kind of post-World War II high growth community, you know, really from World War II on, you know, grew dramatically with suburban growth. They, they took cornfields and they turned them into housing developments. And um, that market has slowed down uh, a little bit in, in central Ohio. Um, it's transitioned into multifamily. It's transitioned into products from a housing standpoint that are um, of higher density. But I, I really think um, I really think what you're also talking about from the from the transit perspective matters too. Because again, um, you you know, and we've looked at these hyper growth markets and 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 quite frankly, um, some of the costs of doing business are so high. Some of the, tr the, the, the traffic is such a challenge that some places have grown so fast that when a company's looking at their market, um, you know, generically it's very appealing. And then you start to kind of look at the details of where they're going to be and what it's going to cost and where they're going to be able to get workers. All of a sudden they realize they have to draw a circle that's about three or four miles around their building and realize that's the only place they can get workers from because people can't drive 10 miles away. So what 
give us give us a little insight from the from that uh, transit perspective. What how you think that impacts the kind of the, the housing and the economic development piece? Uh, so we're fortunate as we've worked with our partners at Coda and Morpsey in the private sector. You know they they came out a couple of years ago um, with ULI with a, a, a corridor plan that talked about high capacity transit, didn't talk about the actual, how we deliver that high capacity transit. And I don't get caught up in the actual um, yeah. type of, of system, but what do we need to look at these corridors to connect job centers and residential areas and then create new opportunities for job centers along the corridors? So that that process is, is is evolving. We're you know what we're calling it now is link us, uh, and and you know the community is coming together um, under the mayor's leadership to really look at how are we going to address those mobility concerns and and provide that high capacity transit to connect people with jobs. Right now, one of the biggest problems is some of our opportunity neighborhoods. You can live there, and while we have a pretty robust transit bus system because of the kind of that spoken hub model, it takes, you know, it could be over an hour to get from where you, you live to a, a job center yeah. from one of our opportunity neighbors. So we need to have that high capacity transit, which will then result in a little more dense development on residential side, as but more mixed use as well. So offering some commercial, some office, some, some, even some industrial, how do we manage that? So well, along those corridors, people can live and work and, and, and move pretty quickly around there. Uh, and I think that comes back to the, the mayor, you know, things what we're looking going forward, the mayor's asked us in development to put together a strategy of how do we strategically acquire properties within some of our opportunity neighborhoods and assemble it so we can partner with the, the CDDCs, the Next Gen Development Corporation, some of those not-for-profit development groups that are aligned with the city's priorities and, and, and putting together projects that bring um, not only income tax revenue, but housing. Perfect. Nate, you wanna, you want to? I mean, do you ask? want me to push us along? I mean, yeah, Dave, you've you, been asking you all the questions. I mean, well, I, this you is, know, you know, I, I love this stuff. I mean, this is, you know, this no, is no, no. really, I, I, this is well, really cool stuff. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've been talking a lot about workforce and housing. I mean, I think, Mike, one of the things I'd like to get your thoughts on is, is um, the, the city's ability or what it, what it intends or, or, you know, what maybe it thinks about um, kind of getting industrial sites ready for public and private sector investments. You know, if that's something that you've thought about, we obviously have, there's areas in the city that are blighted um, that maybe were industrial at some point, that there hasn't been the ability uh, for pri the private sector to go in there and the public sector may need to step in and provide some support, provide, uh, you know, some, some brownfield remediation. I, I, you know, I just give me your thoughts about that. I mean, I know that's kind of part and parcel to what we're talking about with, with housing and what you're doing, you know, by, by providing, um, you know, that $50 million, but I just, you know, obviously that's important to us, uh, Dave and I, because we do a lot of that work. Um, but I'm just curious what you think and, and, um, you know, kind of where we're going to, where you think we might go with that? Oh, I, I think, uh, if we look back historically on the success we've had and redeveloping some of those sites, I, I, I think the rogue fitness site is, is a great yeah. example. And the thing is the city can't go at it alone. We've got to participate. I think the state's got to 
be continue to to be involved and engaged in that. I know that you know the the Clean Ohio. Um, I, I forget what the rest of the uh, the RF of the Corf. Right, Clean Ohio Revitalization Fund. Fund. Thank you. So uh, I think Corf was a tremendous tool that we utilized with uh, the private sector and then the city brought resources to as well to support that, that, that cleanup and that redevelopment of it. And, and like I said, Rogue Fitness is a great example of what, what can come out of that. Uh, we have a number of manu manufacturing sites that are now vacant and we've got to look at ways, how do we strategically uh, invest as a city, right? To not just, it's not invest in the sense to get a, turn directly to the city but how does those those sites become more productive and a higher better use and, and and then if you'll start looking at the the demographic information in the neighborhoods around those vacant spots you know what we're finding a lot of them are you know the, the average income is considerably less than what the city's average income is uh, and the state's average income the unemployment level is um, higher than the city and mm -hmm. state's uh, unemployment level so we've got to say, what tools can we use? Because it's not just clean up the site that, so a developer can put a new product on there. It's right. what are we doing to bring opportunities to those residents to raise their income, get the workforce training they need so they're qualified and, and can have jobs uh, at those sites. And, and so that's why the tools like tax abatement and tax increment financing, we're not using those for the developer, we're actually using those for those neighborhood residents. So they have that opportunity to, to, to get employed, to get the training they need to, to grow and, and, and raise the income levels and lower the unemployment levels in those surrounding neighborhoods. Cause it was those manufacturing centers that were now vacant. That's what was employing that neighborhood. And that's what Absolutely. brought the strength to it. So. No, and that's why those neighborhoods are there. And I think, you know, Mike, just to, just a little bit onto that. And this was something you and I talked about yesterday is how do you, what do you, I mean, what is, what, how, how do you, Nate, I didn't those... think Dave knew about your, your podcast, the Nate Green podcast. So, oh, so we weren't supposed to talk about what we talked oh, about yesterday. We were supposed to talk about that podcast wow. we had yesterday. I, I, you know, I, 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 I learned something every podcast. So there's my, <laughs> there's my new data point. I mean, Dave, I, there's a lot of stuff I don't tell you, as you know. So that's just one. Yes. I, I'm not surprised by any of it. <laughs> but Mike, I, you know, we talked a little bit about workforce development and I think, there's a challenge with those people in those neighborhoods, just having the skills to get into those, whether they're manufacturing jobs or whatever they are. I mean, what do you, what do you think we could be doing more of? We're doing a lot, but what could we be doing more of, or how do we get those people more? You know, I'm thinking like this, that we, you have that great Amazon uh, center that's over on Nelson road. Um, and I don't I mean, I don't know if there's, there's people from the neighborhood that are fulfilling those jobs, but certainly that's a kind of an opportunity to get people to live in those neighbors to do, to, to fulfill those jobs. I mean, what, what, what are we doing and what more can we be doing to make sure those, those people in those neighborhoods are actually getting those jobs when we bring them there? Well, I, I think as we redevelop these vacant sites, one of the things when we work with the developer and, and possibly the end user is what understanding the needs of the neighborhood, right? Cause mm -hmm. every, every neighborhood is a little different and what kind of, um, workforce training program we can put in you know apprenticeship program can the the end user start putting together and, and and one of the things we're looking for is we're looking for a commitment from uh these companies to to hire locally it's yeah. you know our priority we we want a higher uh percentage of minority and disadvantaged 
businesses involved in the projects, you know, that on the construction side, we want them to hire, we also want them to hire people in the neighborhood. And then yeah. and when I tell, and companies push back sometimes, and what I say to them is identify the gaps. We want to be your partner. We've, we've, we've got, uh, you know, we've got a great workforce development board in central Ohio. We've got our office of diversity and inclusion here in the city. We, we want to help make those connections. And if we're, if there's still those gaps, what training, what, what can we do to um, get people better qualified to, to fill those gaps? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a tough thing. I think it's, it takes a concerted effort. It takes um, those neighborhood groups. It takes uh, regional groups. Um, but I think it takes everybody to try to get those, to get those people that actually live there to get those jobs. Well, but I, I also think it takes, um, you know, a special employer. I mean, the, the reality is a lot of companies, uh, they're going through a multi-state site location process. This, you know, if it's a local company, it might be a little bit easier if you know them, but um, they're, they're, you know, it's in, in large part, it's a math equation. And, and there could be advantages to the site that it's centrally located, it's got, you know, utilities, it's got road. Um, but, you know, in a lot of cases, I, I think it gets, uh, it gets tougher when, when that company's starting to look around and say, hey, am I going to locate in, in that urban Columbus site or am I going to go out to a rural site that's, yep. you know, on the borders of central Ohio that can still gain the workers? We've had a lot of companies, you know, looking in the central Ohio market and quite frankly, end up in Dayton. You know, there's, there's a, you know, just from a workforce pool standpoint, it's not about quality. It's about, you know, can we get the workers? So we get I, people. I, I think having that pool of skilled workers that are ready um, is critical. And, and, you know, we've had clients, you know, in these urban markets and it's that uh, it's having that upfront that you can say, Hey, here, here's part of this package. You know, it isn't yeah. just about abatements or this great location, but here's this pool of workers that is, that's ready. And if you, again, if you look at, um, we always point to the research triangle park, um, you know, they, their great successes in, you know, bio and, and pharmaceutical manufacturing, they have a whole program that, that takes former tobacco farmers and former, um, you know, basically uh, disenfranchised uh, you know, workers that, that got basically let go from industries that faded away and um, are, were looking for work where they, they upskilled them, they trained them, they got them certified to work in these bio and pharma facilities. And then they go to Germany and they go to Japan and they go to New Jersey, wherever the companies are and say, here's your 200 workers that you need. And I think there's a lot of power in that. And that's an advantage big urban markets have that they have people. But um, it's not easy. It's, it's easy, maybe sometimes easier to say than do, but I, I, I think you're right. I think you have to do that work ahead of time. Absolutely. And, and, and Dave, you're spot on what I'm finding more and more in talking to companies that um, while the financial incentives play an important role, it, it's not the only thing. And, and I remind them that the greatest financial incentive in the world does not make a bad workforce good. Right. And, Absolutely. Uh, and some of the investment, you know, we're making and we should be making as a community is into that workforce development. That's those, that's an incentive we should be mm -hmm. highlighting and, and, and try to be as advanced on that. I just came from an announcement that the mayor and uh, Dr. Johnson, Ohio state and Dr. Harrison at uh, Columbus state and uh, Dr. Dixon 
at uh, Columbus City Schools made about a program that's tied into this new innovation campus that the university is developing. It's real, and, and really the mayor asked early on in talking with Dr. Johnson is, how can we make sure that um, the, 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 the kids who are at Columbus City Schools now, how do they see that there's an opportunity for them at this new innovation district? And to credit to the university and Columbus State and the, and the city schools is they've developed this now what they're calling STEAM Rising, which is focused on, you know, it's more than STEM. It's, it's, it's science, technology, education. What's the engineering? I'm sorry. Engineering, math, engineering, arts, engineering, arts, arts, and math. Yeah. Math and arts. medicine. And medicine. So it's STEAM oh, with two and M's. I and don't know. So now, how many how many more letters can we add to this? It used well, to just be STEM. This is I'm I, now I, I'm gonna have to write this down and then write it out. It's like helping my 13-year-old study hey, for a social hey, studies. Hey, STEAM sounds better. Steam, write this down. STEAM sounds better than STEM right. anyway. STEAM, because right. you're gonna see a lot going on in that innovation district. But yeah. it, it's great because it's it's that pipeline of you know, we're developing from those kids going through our school system now and, and having them have a connection for what we're doing. With well, the giving them opportunities and, I, you know, provide, letting them know those opportunities and that, that they are there for them, yep. not just for. You well, know, and, and quite frankly, and it's, and it's hopefully getting them, you know, getting these, you know, all the students at Central Ohio, quite frankly, to, to graduate from high school and, and quite frankly, to get a large share of them into college. You know, it's yeah. it's um, it is the strength of of this region is that it's that white collar uh, job, whether it's, you know, at the at the financial services industry. You know, we've really seen a strong um, a strong, you know, this being a strong market for technology companies. You know, again, uh, there's just a large pool of of college educated workers. That's kind of a constant uh, resource. But it's that economic opportunity if they continue on their education, whether it starts at Columbus State and ends at Ohio State or it's just at Columbus State. I mean, just however it runs, um, that that's really part of it. It's 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 really making sure that those students finish high school because the the economic challenge, the social challenge uh, every place has when when a student doesn't finish high school is it, it, the work just becomes so much harder. And um, it's great to talk to companies. It's, you know, it's, you, it's great to put together programs, but uh, I, I think that partnership sounds great because it really seems, sounds like it's kind of tied to that pathway. And that's yeah. what you need. Well, guys, I, I've had a lot of fun talking. I appreciate you bringing me on. I've got a list of items from your loyal listener that I need to work on. So, <laughs> you know, I have to, <laughs> have to wrap this up. Oh my well, gosh. And, Mike, and I was just thinking the same thing. I think, uh, We've been talking for probably 30 minutes. So, uh, yes, our loyal listener, you know, he's, he's already calling you right now. Um, but Mike, I, we really appreciate you taking the time today. You're, uh, you got a lot going on. You're, uh, you're a busy guy, but, uh, this, this means a lot to us that you took the time to, 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 you know, talk to us. And I think your insights are great and really what's known, you know, what's going on in the city is, is, uh, is awesome. And, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for your partnership. And I will definitely Absolutely. get you, and I will definitely get you the textbook. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it, Nate. Another successful show. We'll see if Mike talks to us after this. I think he will, but you know, you never know. You never know, babe. Never know. All right. All right. You guys have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye. To learn more about the Montrose Group services, please visit MontroseGroupLLC.com.